if no one has thought to do this in 400 years, it's, I'm going to take a shot at it. From Community Futures Centre West, it's Mind Your Rural Business. A show about building a thriving business from even the smallest town. Today, we hear from Kimberly Gunn, a graphic designer who's combined her love of bagpiping, visual arts, and history to create her business, Tartan Wave. An unlikely venture with its fair share of challenges, but one that's creating community and connection all across the globe. Well, I knew for a fact early on I was never going to be an athlete, um, but I was always a creative kid. That's where I would spend all of my free time, all of my hours. I'm very sure I was one of those kids who got sucked into a Walt Disney six o'clock Sunday night special watching people paint all of the different, uh, all of the different film, um, the actual storyboards and it hooked me. I loved the idea that you could actually create something and make a life with that. So from there, I was a really lucky kid. My parents supported anything we had interests in and I, I was lucky enough to go to painting lessons, to art lessons, different camps um, and explore being creative. My mom taught me to sew and I also knew I think fairly early on that I would go to art school in one capacity or another. Um, I was paying my way so I knew it also needed to be a practical decision so I chose a graphic design college because I knew I would be able to uh, start work right away and, and get some summer employment too and from there it just I just knew I would always be doing something along those lines. I knew it wasn't going to, I wasn't going to be the kid who went to the engineering school. I was just 18. I was offered a, a graphic design internship through Parks Canada in Waterton Lakes National Park. And if you've ever been there, if you've never been there, it is the most beautiful park, I think, in the system. It's an amazing little jewel. And I got to be a graphic designer for uh, three seasons. It was supposed to be three summers, but they kept extending the seasons. So I was lucky enough to go to school and still work for Parks Canada. Being from Saskatchewan, you ended up hopscotching along and ended up in Calgary. And it really was a bad time to arrive on the scene. It was a recession, work was hard. Um, so I volunteered an awful lot, did a lot of volunteer design work, again, at different organizations, which really broadened my own horizons too. It was with the Calgary Science Centre, it was with the Energium, it was an energy museum at the time, the Calgary Zoo, I just tried anything that I could to get a foot in the door. And as fate would have it, I gave myself three months to make a go of it or look at retraining. And at the very last week of that three months that I had given myself, I, I actually got a few opportunities. And the one I chose was doing um, communications and marketing for YMCA Calgary. And that worked out fairly well. I was there for almost 10 years. And, and then this is where the story takes a twist. I actually became quite ill, actually. I, um, I actually got cancer four times in five years, which was a bit of a stick in the spokes. But as they say, it always teaches you something. And it taught me that I didn't like working in a downtown corporate environment, actually. That was a big part of it. And I was also ready. I actually, it's funny, I look back on it. And I think it was the beginning of a whole other route for me, because I realized I missed working with my hands. I missed doing something physical. And I wanted to actually for my own physical well-being and recovery. And I also just needed a change. So I ended up taking some time off. And I live in Cochrane, Alberta, which is west of Calgary. And it is famous for its ice cream. The McKay family has had an ice cream uh, business here for 
years, generations now. They're on their fourth generation. And I've been good friends of theirs. And I became an ice cream maker. I also did graphic design and marketing for them. But I made ice cream, which was a hoot. It was one of the best things I could have done. And I did that for a few years. So it was a, a welcome change. I wanted, I wanted to actually create. And I realized that was one part of the, the role that I was missing. I love that, that you went and made ice cream. No, you didn't see that coming, did you? You're doing that for a couple of years. And then yeah. realizing, oh, I want to I work with my hands. I want to get back to what I loved as a kid. What was the next step in kind of expanding that? Well, it's probably three and a half, four years of working with McKay's. I realized I was then starting to gravitate a little bit more towards their design and their marketing. And I realized I was coming a bit full circle. I'd had my fun and I, and I got stronger actually making ice cream and hoisting, freezing tubs of ice cream. It was good exercise, but it was also time to go back and do some of the creative work and become helpful in a different capacity, but also having a better understanding of products and services and the manufacturing side of it, actually understanding what a business needed a little bit more. So it added clarity. And I realized it was time to see if I couldn't do that for some other small businesses in particular organizations. And that is how I stumbled upon Community Futures, actually. And that's the next, the next chapter in this journey. Okay, let's, let's turn the page. Let's read that chapter. <laughs> I didn't want a job after that. That sounds silly, of course. We all need jobs. But I decided it was maybe time to reassess and consider becoming a freelance graphic designer. I felt as though I, I had enough hard skills, enough knowledge at that time, and just experience and context to take a leap of faith. But I definitely needed some other support. I definitely needed advice. My dad had run a small business for a short time, and I I certainly had an appreciation for things that I did not know enough about and, and that I would need to find those people that could help inform me. So I walked into Community Futures, and I will never forget that moment, introduced myself at the door and asked if they might have some programs or services that might be able to help me out. And instantly she said, well, we can help you with that. And instantly I felt like I was in the right place and it was the right, again, time. It's all about the timing. Um, to maybe get started on this new direction. And as well, a good group of people to align myself with as colleagues, because of course, when you're working on your own, you don't have colleagues. And there was a small group of business owners who are also starting out in similar positions. And as I've said before too, I still keep in touch with quite a few of the, the folks who are in that um, business startup group. And we, we remained colleagues, we supported each other as we were getting ourselves up and running. But that was a good feeling too, realizing you're not alone. You think you are, but you're not really. Really as beginning business owners swap services too. You know, it, it gave me a chance to work on some logo and design work while I benefited from some of the other businesses and the services they were offering too. And it was just a neat boost for all of us almost within our own circle to test drive each other and the services. And that's what you need. You need a safe group of people to take a chance with. And we had that. We did a lot together, I would say. And that, that opened a lot of doors for me locally. It also gave me, um, I guess, a scope of work that I wanted to take on because it helped me understand the types of clients I was looking for as a result. A lot of the people within that group really were almost my ideal demographic. So it helped me um, further seek out the work I was looking for. And yeah, it was a great platform. What did you realize in working with those folks that you're like, yes, this, this is where I want to be. 
it made me want to support small businesses in particular. As I said, my dad had a small business back in the day, and I just know if, if he had a little more support, how much better he may have, have done. He, uh, I think he sold his business a little earlier because he was uncertain and the supports weren't there. So I realized I really had a, just had a soft spot for other small business owners that were prepared to give it their all. I also got involved with obviously a lot of community groups. Um, tourism was not really a big thing locally at the time. There wasn't really a lot going on to promote local tourism. And I always believed there was so much to promote here. So I took my own leap of faith and did, uh, I self-published the visitor guide for the town for seven years. And that was a great learning experience. I wanted to teach myself something that would be the equivalent of taking a course, you know, post-secondary course. I thought, where can I learn all of this? And realized that printers were a valuable resource to me too. So um, I learned much through that. They gave me referrals. So tourism was another one. And a lot of community organizations, I was very proud to say, I, I guess I gained a reputation locally as a, a support to community groups that were also as passionate as small businesses, if you will. And um, again, it's been many years since, probably 15 years, but I still maintain some partnerships with some of those folks because they're still doing good work. So I avoided a lot of corporate work. Maybe I was intimidated, that's fair to say, but I also didn't want to get trapped in that jargon-filled rabbit hole there I've said it. So I, I wanted to work with real people and I, I think I did. I was I was lucky to do that. I bet I'd been working at my little business for a good seven, eight years. And then I got married, took a leap of faith and moved, we moved to Nova Scotia, sight unseen, basically. We just wanted a new adventure, my husband and I. So we, we literally did kind of do the old pin in a map and let's try it out. And we did, we packed up and it was a little bittersweet because of course you don't really know what you're going into. And I'd worked on this business and had, had gained a lot of clients and their trust but there's the internet and surely we can keep this going. And I did in many ways. I kept, I kept publishing actually Cochrane's Visitor Guide from Nova Scotia for a number of years, which seemed really ironic, but it also opened other doors out there to doing some publications. And that was an interesting twist in it. And most of my work while I lived in Nova Scotia was still based in Alberta, oddly enough. So I felt like that was a real, as the expression goes, right? The cap and the feather that I, I did it and I kept folks and I'll keep doing it. And that was a real boost. So realizing that uh, I hadn't jeopardized anything I'd worked hard at, it, it still happened. Um, I had certainly taken on a lot of design projects out east too. And in fairness, I was really lucky to use a lot of my Alberta work as a springboard to get new work out east. So just making community connections and piecing things together. And, and maybe it was knowledge of you know, just having experience with Parks Canada and appreciating good stories that, that could be told better. Um, and also my own my own background. I'm a bagpiper. I started when I was 11 and that's part of my, my family story. And I've always played with, with bands and still do. Um, so that was part of it. And I also always had this idea that it would be the coolest thing in the world to design a tartan. And living in Nova Scotia, one day, I think we were happen happening to watch TV and it was the uh, Commonwealth Games, I believe, in Glasgow. And, and there was a whole segment on a custom tartan that was designed for these games, of course, and for the uniforms and for the overall um, theme of the event. And I thought, that's it. That's how I'm going to tie all of this together somehow. That very spot is where basically the first Scots ever arrived in what would be Canada, about coming up, well, 400 years ago now, actually. 
And not many people realize that. Fort Anne has one of two, two um, hand-signed or hand-written, basically, charters, the only two in existence that, that they're aware of. They have a copy of it. It's a charter declaring that area as New Scotland. And basically, no one knows it. It's quite funny. It's on display, but no one pays attention to it. And I kept thinking, that's crazy. Like, there's such a story to be told here. You know, this is where Nova Scotia got its name, its flag, its coat of arms. And as a designer, it just appealed to me to do something to design a cultural fabric that actually tells the story of that area. Because there's so many layers of history out there between um, certainly Scott's role, but prior to that, of course, Mi'kmaq. Acadian, French, English, it's the most fought over piece of land in, in Canada. But people just don't know that. I've never been taught that in, in history uh, at all as a kid growing up in Saskatchewan. So that just boggled my mind. And I thought, I could do something with this. Let's, let's tell a story and let's do it visually. So that then became a bit of a mission of mine. I didn't want to make assumptions. Um, I'm not from there. I didn't want to overstep any cultural sensitivities. I didn't want to boldly take on this project as, you know, the come from away. And that's a, that's a truth out there. I didn't want to put my foot into it, basically. But I also felt that if no one has thought to do this in 400 years, it's, I'm going to take a shot at it. So I spent quite a bit of time, actually, I would honestly say, um, a good few months playing around with combinations. I did a lot of research at Fort Anne. It's a Parks Canada uh, historic site. It is based right in the community of Annapolis Royal in Nova Scotia. It's basically a, a significant site of historic interest for, for Canada. A lot took place on that parcel of land. It was a very strategic place. I had great access to archives. Um, some fabulous staff there gave me some behind the scenes tours and some knowledge that I think was really helpful to me, realizing there were many other cultures and communities there before the Scots arrived. And I wanted all of that reflected. I wanted somehow to be able to have some physical backdrop, if you will, to the history that took place in that area, but also something that was modern and interesting that, and that would appeal to the eye. One day, I was just goofing around and I was looking out my window and there it was. It was it really it was the landscape that inspired the design and it just made sense. And my husband happened to walk in and he's a traditional kind of a guy. He's, he's from Scotland. He knows his tartan. But he looked at it. He said, there it is. That's what we see around us. That's what we see every day. But there's more to it. And, and every color, of course, does have an association with something. But when you see it, first blush, you just realize, oh, my gosh, that's, that's what it is here. That's what it looks like here. And it was really warmly received. It, was, it came as a pleasant surprise. It's a very artistic community, um, the Annapolis Royal area, very artistic. They had recently started a fiber arts group. Um, the, the entire community really was supportive. I, I was so pleasantly surprised in so many surprising ways, including um, there was a, a destination restaurant opened up similar to the timing of, of the design of the tartan and, and the production of the tartan. And they designed the entire palette of the restaurant around the tartan. They used the tartan uh, within, within the actual restaurant, within the dining room, on staff uniforms, and really as the thread throughout their own historic messaging. And it was a really wonderful partnership. It was a great alliance. And a lot of I guess, serendipitous things like that would come along where you just realized, well, of course, we're going to work together. 
And in turn, I ended up doing a lot of design work for them. So, you know, we supported one another in different ways. Just a lot of opportunities like that came up. A lot of new businesses were starting up then. So it felt very similar to what was happening when I started in Cochrane all those years ago. Um, there was a lot of, just a lot of good local support and it felt like we were in it together. I did take a, like say a huge leap of faith and I ordered tartan from Scotland. And I never had an intention of actually starting up a little retail store, but I did. Uh, a woman and her husband who are, incredible ceramic potters opened up some space within a house and they were turning it into an artist's house and i took a space across from me was a leather worker a jeweler popped in later and we all worked really well together we collaborated quite closely together and it kind of became a destination so the tartan kind of had a home after that again the town embraced it they used it for dignitary gifts and that was always the spirit it was meant in intended for um, folks would wander in and ask to have it included in their weddings or for special family celebrations. So it really felt like it was a missing piece of their community. So I was really proud of that. And then we moved. <laughs> and so we moved back to Alberta again uh, for family. And it was just time as well. We, we had had our adventure. We were just ready to head back West. So with that, a lot of folks, of course, wondered what would happen with this tartan. It belongs there. And, and I didn't disagree. It was, designed for really that community with that intention in mind and this year actually does mark the 400th anniversary of that of the arrival of those scots so there were some plans in the works to do something wonderful and then i say that like a, a bad radio drama from the 1920s but it did take a, a bit of a sour note actually um, basically we had moved and so the the town the community became quite bitter and they dropped it they dropped the tartan that was designed for them and they made their own and they cut their ties it was an absolute blow it caught me off guard and i didn't know what i would do next a surprising number of of people and connections out east who who really rallied and cheered me on and so i once again you pivot you know the gps tells you to take another u-turn and you do and i started working online and rebuilding it and that's where i am now and it's it's actually been great i i think it's given me more pride in it than i even had at the time because i think i was too busy to appreciate it but now with a little bit of distance i realize i'm really proud of it most of my customers are either out west i've had a strange number of people from ohio following me which is peculiar i used to advertise in some publications which i think had spread my name down there um, i certainly still have connections out east and a lot of a lot of folks just contact me who keep have kept in touch and are they built their family traditions around it and they don't actually care where i am i promoted it more obviously when i lived there and i was rooted there but now it really is kind of the story of of Canada's own Scottish history and wherever wherever your Scottish heart might take you now this is at home there I've seen it used in weddings in BC and family reunions in Ontario I've seen people wear it at Vimy Ridge on special significant trips of remembrance and it feels as though that's where it belongs now it actually belongs everywhere you know just like the Scots influence has has rubbed off everywhere it really feels like it's taken a life of its own and I'm I'm really blown away by that actually the response and it doesn't bother me the fact that i'm not there i'm certainly looking at getting into well two two different streams of diversification actually one is to do more corporate tartans 
And that's where, again, coming full circle, it might seem ironic, but I think that's an opportunity to work with a corporate environment that I maybe didn't want to before, but now I feel as though this is a unique opportunity. One of the goals I have always had with this business was, I guess because I felt I'd been on the receiving end of, of good assistance in my journey, I've always wanted to be able to make this an inclusive business. There is an organization in Edinburgh called the Grass Market uh, Collective, basically, Grass Market Community Organization, and they designed a tartan. And with that tartan as the vehicle, basically, they use it for inclusivity training. They use it to train all walks of life, folks with developmental challenges, folks with substance abuse issues, folks with loneliness issues. So it's loneliness and connection. And they, they employ tailors and skilled workers um, to teach and train and apply the skills, basically create beautiful things with their tartan. They also have expanded it over the years to do things like uh, they've added a carpentry shop. So they repurpose church pews and then they build these beautiful tartan cushions for them. And they've got a fabulous following. And to me, that was the most inspiring thing I'd ever stumbled upon. So I thought if I could use this cultural fabric as a community fabric, I that would fulfill everything that I've worked towards. And that's what I'm working on now, actually. I always say tartan tells a story and it, it's true. It becomes a chance to have a dialogue, have some conversations. Maybe it's reinventing someone's family story, turning it into something new and interesting. But I think, you know, we think sometimes of tartan as being old and stuffy and it's, oh, it's past its prime. No one, no one uses that anymore, but it's, it's really, I think it's a new jumping off point. I think you can do something new and exciting with it. Um, I think there's so much more that could be done right now. It's not, it's not really a thing in Canada the way obviously it would be in Scotland, but I see opportunity to turn it into something new, new and exciting and to include some folks who might otherwise, I don't know, might be missing some opportunity. Like I say, if, if there's a chance for me to work with some communities, at-risk communities, or underemployed, or even retired folks who are looking to reinvent themselves and share their knowledge, I'm ready to take that on as part of my next step as well. That's Tartan Wave owner and creative mastermind, Kimberly Gunn, sharing how she's woven together her many interests to fashion a small business in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. You can find out more about the Cochrane-based company at tartanwave.ca. Thanks for listening to Mind Your Rural Business, brought to you by Community Futures Centre West. Find out more about how we support home-growing entrepreneurs at centrewest.albertacf.com. We're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Mind Your Rural Business is produced and hosted by Sarah Hoyles with theme music by Scott Holmes.